welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. I am your host, Luke Jackson Miller. Today we've got another fantastic interview for you with Mallory. Mallory Lee is a business owner out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and she is uh, really passionate and knowledgeable on setting up your business organizational charts and, and kind of putting systems into place and really uh, learning your numbers and doing all the things that us artisan tile contractors, installers, often we don't, you know, we don't learn them, but this isn't Mallory's first business. And so she's taken her business knowledge from uh, previous careers and as well as being a business owner um, and, and taken them and applied them to the business of tile contracting. And after just a short amount of time in Knoxville, it is really fascinating and to, to hear her talk about how much progress they've made, you know, how well they're doing in, in about a year or less than a year, your time, somewhere right around there and how far they've gotten and what they've built in that short amount of time, just by really focusing on, you know, approaching the business like a business, you know, and that's something that I want to uh, really encourage you to do. So I know you're really going to enjoy this interview. She shared a lot of, a lot of knowledge and a lot of insights. This podcast, Tile Money, we are strengthening the tile industry one business owner at a time. How do you scale something? You can't scale anything until you get started just one person at a time, one business at a time. And, and pretty soon, the, it's like the snowball effect. It gets bigger and bigger, and the business owner can treat his employees, his or her employees better, and they can uh, have a better life for their children, and on it, on it goes. And I truly believe that this podcast is strengthening the entire industry around the world by strengthening the small business owners, the contractors, the installers' lives. And that is something I'm very passionate about. We're doing it every single week inside group coaching calls in the Tile Money University. If you want to learn more about that, click on the link wherever you're watching or listening to this in the description of this show. There should be a link that says Tile Money University. You can find out about our group coaching. We also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. We have video tutorials along with worksheets to help you really get to understand some of the things in your business that um, I, I continue to hear are problematic and, and I know from personal experience are, are really learning curves when you're just starting out. Or perhaps you've been at it a while, but you know what? The numbers don't lie. The bank account doesn't lie. It might, it might be painful to think about the money or the lack of money, you know, and you might have an emotional response when you're communicating with somebody in Facebook when they tell you they charge X and you just can't figure out how or why a business would charge X, but at the same time, maybe, you know, you are kind of somebody who would like to strengthen your business. And so give us a call, reach out to us, reach out to me, and we'll see if we're a good fit to help you strengthen your business more personal, personalized for your unique business. All right. Enjoy this interview with Mallory. It's packed full of great stuff. Yeah, my name is Mallory Lee. I own Knoxville Tile Installation. We do tile. I mean, anywhere from full bathroom remodels to backsplashes to floors. We tend to stay in the remodeling. Um, you know, we try not to get into too much new construction. Um, we are two years old. And then I also consult in the construction industry as well. Um, so that's me. I have a business partner that helps me keep everything in check as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean consult? What are, what are those, what does that look like? Well, so what I found was I've owned and operated several businesses. And what I found when I dove into the construction industry was that contractors are really great at their craft. 
but they struggle running the operations of their business. So they lacked processes, they lacked hiring procedure. I mean, I would see accounting messes and people were having a hard time even just keeping a pulse on how much revenue they make from a job. And so I helped dial that in for them. Um, and we've been able to do that in our industry, like in our, um, our business. And we tripled this year by just diving into the, you know, what people call the back office work, but you can't have one without the other, in my opinion. Nice. So you're two years old and, in the, second, and the second year you tripled your business. We did. Yes. That's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. We and moved, we'll, we moved here two years ago, um, and knew no one and I've spent $0 on marketing. Um, we've done a lot of great things with, you know, getting to know general contractors in the area. We have a phenomenal website. I mean, that like, that's why our company is named Knoxville tile installation. What do you Google when you need a tile installer in Knoxville, Tennessee? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, right. uh, we've, we've been able to do really well this year. And I, I, I'm like crossing my fingers that we can do seven figures next year and we'll get, I think we'll get there. Yeah. Heck yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's hey. awesome. That's very exciting. Cool. So how, yeah. how big is your crew? I mean, how, how large are you guys? Do you, we have four installers right now. We don't employ helpers at the moment. Um, all of our installers, I would call a junior installer. We don't have lead installers on our team. And then Chad is my business partner. He works as our foreman in the field and he, he does some installation if we get behind, but my goal with him is to make sure all the jobs are running smoothly and that he's not installing. So that way, if we do ever fall behind, he can, you know, step in where needed. Um, and we have a fifth installer coming on in two weeks. So when we've hired, the big thing for us is scaling slowly because if you scale too quickly, your quality will suffer. Um, so we wanted to have 10 installers by the end of the year. So if we hire this fifth, including Chad, we'll be at six. We're not quite where we want to be, but I want to make sure that our quality doesn't suffer while we're, you know, hiring new people. Yeah, definitely. That's solid advice. That's really good advice. When you say junior installer, I mean, what, what is that? It sounds like you're very specific when you hire someone. Yeah. So we have, we actually have an organizational chart. Um, we have one right now where we see our business next year and where we see our business in five years. So my employees know from day one where they're, where they can move up to. So a junior installer usually needs a little bit of help. They're going to lean in on Chad because Chad's an expert installer. Um, he can install everything in his sleep. Um, I, they, they need help with them. Our lead installers require little to no attention. They don't mm -hmm. need a lot of help. I can throw them on a job, tell them exactly what the, the scope of work is. And they're call me when they're done. We don't have anyone that has that skill set. And I would say probably because we're so, we're so uh, meticulous that I, I think there's a little bit of a, Chad has a hard time relinquishing that control. So we don't have anyone up to his, his standard yet. I always go, our employees need to be good, not great. Cause good tile setters are good too, you know? Right, so, right. um, we're not quite there. I'm hoping we just hired someone that, you know, I think we'll be able to like be on that level eventually. Um, the thing with tile is you don't know who you're hiring until they get on the job, right? So you've mm -hmm. got to keep a pulse on their work. Um, and then let them kind of go off on their own. We start everyone on backsplashes because if they mess it up, it's really easy for us to fix it. Um, and that's been a great test to see their quality. That's smart. I like that idea. Yeah. It's really easy to fix the backsplash if they mess it up. So that's, that's part of the reason why we've done that. And it's helped keep our quality in check when we let them go off on their own and start doing, you know, bathroom remodels and that sort of thing. So. Yeah. It doesn't cause too much damage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, that's that's really cool. That's a good way to think. You know, it, it, it's true. Uh, a lot of advanced tile installers like Chad um, will have difficulty. I've experienced it myself, having difficulty, you know, relinquishing that, um, you know, that power over the details, really. You know, tilers are pretty OCD. And, you know, I, I think uh, it's sometimes we, we all have idiosyncrasies, right? Like we all you know, think that we're doing, we all do it to the best uh, that we've come to know, you know, and then somebody else is also doing it equally good, but they're doing a few things different. And, you know, we, we, we tend to pick on each other, but I think, I think know, that was it. it oh, sorry. Um, I, I was just saying any industry, you're going to feel that way. Like mm. I've owned other businesses and I always wanted to be in control of, of that you know, certain things as well. And there has to be a, a moment in your business where you, re you realize if you're not delegating, you're not growing. So you have to relinquish that control in order to grow. Um, and I think he's gotten better at it because he was a tile guy who I was like, hey, let's run this like a business and be really badass at it versus, you know, just always feeling like you're never getting ahead and you're not, you're not growing as a business. That was a big turning point for him. I think is seeing it can be run like a business versus just, you know, putting, setting tile. Um, and we've gotten a really good reputation around it because there's so many policies and procedures in place that hold our employees accountable that people like working with us. We have repeat business. Um, and it's been really helpful to delegate that responsibility. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Now you said you didn't spend a dollar on marketing brand new in the area. No. Didn't spend it. What, what were you doing? Because this is a very common question. How do I get started? A lot of people say. So there's a tile, um, there's a tile shop around the area and we're on their preferred vendor list. And when people call me, they say there's 10 people on the list and they say, you're the only one with a website. And it just blows my mind. So it's simple as, you know, having a website, ours is, I built it on Squarespace. If I'm not very good at that, but it's clean, it's concise, it's to the point. We have photos, I update it. I Googled how to do SEO. Now, obviously everyone can't do that. So that's when you might want to spend a little money to get a, a nice website. And then we just, we, we, I put my marketing hat on and I met with GCs and I was like, we're going to show you how like you're going to want every company, every sub you work with, you're going to want them to run the way we do because we run like a business. We don't do windows of when we show up, we show up on time. Our guys are clean. They all have on their shirts. Like everything is the same, no matter what job site they're on. And they always deal with me. So we're not, you know, like a, one of the complaints that we hear from clients or our GCs is no one answers their phone. Well, I answer our phone. I make sure that we call people back if we miss the call. Like I know in, installers that won't call people back for two or three days. And I'm like, you can't run a business like that. And sometimes you have to look at your business from like a 360 view. And as like what you as an, like a homeowner would want if someone's coming to your house and then you have to develop your business around that. Um, I've at when we first came on and I was building out our business plan, we have a written business plan. I was like, I asked, you know, friends and family, what about tile installation or contractors? Do you not like what don't you like and what do you like? And we built our business model out from there because they're my client. Right. Um, we even did that with employees. I asked Chad, I said, when you've worked for people in the past, 
what did you love about working for, you know, certain tile installation companies and what did you hate? And we built our like packages for our employees out from that. So we offer paid time off. We offer sick time. We offer their W-2. We don't 1099 anyone and we pay people well. And we've got longevity. One of our guys has been with us since almost the very beginning. Um, and we haven't had any issues hiring because of that. We just made sure we were different than anyone else in, in this area. And that's helped us stand out a lot. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, Mallory. I mean, it sounds so simple and yet the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I was going to ask something like, well, how was that received? But you've already said it. I mean, you're on your track to do a million. Did you say seven figures? I think next year we'll do seven figures. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, not quite there this year. Um, you know, I, I'll say, you know, like it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We scaled a little too quickly and I hired people that didn't have the quality that we wanted. So we had to scale back for a couple months and then it takes a little bit of time to get there. But that's the part where it's so important to work on your business versus in your business. Right. Um, and now we're, we've gotten we've put a couple other like procedures in place that have helped when we are hiring. Like I make them like. They have to show up to a phone interview. They have to send photos. We do an in-person interview. And then we ask our employees too to like, let us know how they're working with, how's the culture feel with the new person in there. And now ever since we've done that, our, like the last few people we've hired have, have turned out to be really great. Nice. Nice. Yeah. If you're not delegating, you're not growing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. There's so many gold, golden quotes in this one already. And we're only 10 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> My, my favorite thing I always say is like, if your employees don't know what they're fighting for, like if they don't know what your plan is with them, then why are they going to go to war for you every day? Right. And that's been our mantra in our business. And they know, like they can see, I mean, I have one employee that had six raises in a year because he saw our vision and I saw like he was doing great. And like, I'm so proud of them. And they know that like, I'm, I'm the mama bear on the job sites. I don't know if they're afraid of me or I'm just kidding. Um, but they, they know that they see that vision with us. And if someone doesn't have that vision, I don't want them on my team. I can always replace somebody. I think sometimes I see in this industry that we let people railroad us because they can go set tile. Well, at the end of the day, I'll find someone else to set tile. Um, even if I have to go paint a bathroom, which we were behind and I went and painted a bathroom today. So, nice. you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's easy to scale if you have those policies and procedures in place and you can't ever, ever like stray from it. It has to be the same all the time because if you don't, you'll notice like if I, you have these policies in place and then you stray from it, you're like, okay, why is this going wrong? Oh, well, this is why. Cause I put this policy in place for a reason. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So many, so many contractors. I mean, we, we learn the trade and then we go right into the business and, and it's all about the work and our heads. Mm -hmm. It's all about the work. You know, the work is the most important part. Now it has to be there. The work has to be there. You know, obviously the quality has to be there. You have to know your trade. But if you don't put the policies and the procedures into place and take the time, you know, and that's what we forget to do because in our mind, we're not getting paid for that. Who's going to pay us to write these procedures? Who's going to pay us to do the office work? Well, the business should. Well, that means the business has to charge a whole lot more than the labor because we've, we've forgotten to include the office portion. 
Mm-hmm. I think we we've, yeah. we've implemented a lot of technology that have helped us. So when we first started, I was new to construction, but I had owned other businesses. So I'm, I, ha- I had to figure out what worked best in our business. And I we use a, a program called Noify. That's where we do all of our estimates. I bill through it and we can keep a pulse on how much things cost, right? Materials, labor costs. It'll track my taxes, my employment taxes for me. So I can pull it up right now and tell you what my profitability is on every single job that I'm working. Since we implemented that, I could say that our profitability on our jobs went up 10 to 15% and we're running 50 to 75% profit on every job that we do. And I can see like, I, and it, what's cool is, you know, when you're running multiple jobs at a time, you're not there, so you can't necessarily keep a pulse on it the way you'd want to. Well, I can see when my guys are being a little slow because our profitability starts to go down. So then I run by, I see what's going on, I figure out what's getting in their way. Do they have an issue? And then I can keep a pulse on that, right? Um, we do things like they have to fill out an electronic end of day checklist. So that way, if they need materials, I can make sure they're on the job site for them in the morning. I just use a link tree with a link, like a form. It's, I mean, it's free to use it. It's really simple to do. And then I make them upload photos into Noify every day. So I, at the end of the day, Chad and I can look at them and go, what's going on? Are they, are they struggling? Do they, did they get as much done as we think they should have? And that way we can run five, six jobs at a time. And it's really helped us scale and grow by using just those little bits of technology. One thing I love about Noify too is they clock in and out of it and it um, GPS locates them. So if I have someone that I feel like maybe is doing something they shouldn't be, they can't get away with it. (laughs) So it tells me where they are. So it's been really helpful. Um, I like should be a spokesperson for them because I love it so much, but I'm not. (laughs) You know what? We'll put a link. We're going to put a link to it anyways, um, even though I'm not affiliated either, but uh, I, I love using technology. I mean, it's so smart to do that. We're all walking around with, you know, 500 to $1,500 computers in our pocket, you know, thousand dollar computer. And yet what do we use it for? You know, Facebook. I mean, <laughs> come on, it's, there's so much more to it than just, you know, using it for, you know, social media or entertainment or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's, it's clear, especially when you said, you're the only one on that preferred contractor list with a website. I, it that, doesn't blow your mind. Like how would well, you it not doesn't. have it, a website? It doesn't shock me because I've been in this trade a while. And it was one of the things I noticed that was low hanging fruit because I would go to the showrooms and the same thing. There would be 20, 30 cards and I would pick them all up. And cause I, I move a lot. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I like to explore my country, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just, I don't know, I've just been rambling ever since I left home, but, and I would always go to the showroom like you did to go make connections, right? Mm-hmm. Grab all the cards to make connections. 90% of them didn't have websites. So it, I understood, oh, that's low hanging fruit. I understood that consumers nowadays, they want, you know, they want a website. It's just part of the professional package. I think if you don't have a website and someone searches you, then they don't think you're legitimately legitimate. They'll look up your website before they look up a license, right? They'll look up your website before they look to see if you have any insurance. Like I think yeah. I've had two clients in two years ask me for my insurance, but every single one of them looked at my website. It's almost like your calling card. You have to have it. And I mean, you can link mine. It is not anything special. It's just a white page with a logo I made in Canva but it works and it's, you know, it tells a story. Chad and I are not only business partners, but we've been together for five years. That's on our website. We're a family owned business. Um, our, like all of our pictures are on there and it's, 
it, whenever we get new pictures, I'll upload them. And it's as simple as, you know, when you update your website every day, that's how you stay number one or two on Google. We're number, we're number one right now. I know we've slipped a little bit, so I had to work on the SEO a little, but I mean, if I can learn it and I'm not very tech savvy, I feel like anyone can. <laughs> so that just goes to show you're number one on Google. You've been there a couple of years. I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible low hanging fruit. I mean, that's why we started happytileguy.com with my partner Grant is because I thought every tile contractor really needs a website. I mean, what we do is so photo forward, you know, that's why I love Instagram. It's like photos, mm -hmm. boom. People want to research you and get to know you a little bit. And I love what you said. It's more important to the consumer that you have a website than they're not going to look up insurance and they're not going to look up your contractor license number. If you even live in a state where you need one, they're going to look at your website first. And I know contractors, I can hear contractors right now in my head. Oh, that's, that's not right. Blah, blah. I don't care. I don't I know it's not right. What does the consumer do? You got to, mm -hmm. what steps does the consumer take to research a contractor that they're going to hire? They Google, mm -hmm. you know, they might ask their friends, even if their friend says hire Knoxville tile, they're still going to Google Knoxville tile and look at your website. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's funny you said that because my uncle has been a contractor for a long time and I was like, let me build a website for you. And he's like, oh, I don't need that. And I'm like, all right, right. you know, I'm trying to help. <laughs> but, but it's a similar thing. And I think, you know, one of the things I learned early on when I first started owning businesses 10 years ago was that. I had to stop thinking of what I thought consumers wanted and I had to start looking at what consumers wanted, right? I had to stop putting my bias on it because the way I buy or the way I, you know, do business can be completely different than that people actually buy or the way they do business. Um, and I think sometimes we get in our own way. The most important thing for me is, you have to run this business like a business. And that means sometimes working on it and stepping away. And like, I'm just as important as my tile installers. I know that I can't run this business without them, right? Like they are the ones that are in the field setting. I don't, I've grouted. I don't know how to set a tile to save my life, but I know, I know that they're important. Well, their job is as equally as important as mine, which is equally as important as Chad. And if you don't have someone like me helping run the back office of your business, getting out bids, I go and measure all our jobs out. I do all our design meetings. We offer complimentary design meetings. Um, I'll meet them at, you know, whatever tile company they want to look at tile with. That's really alleviated a lot of pressure and off of Chad and off my employees. And I'll make sure they have the materials. So that way we're a well oiled machine. So stop looking at like what, like what I do on a daily basis as busy work and look at it as equally as important as running and setting tile. I like that a lot, Mallory. And I want to encourage the audience, you know, a lot of the audience right around now is thinking, yeah, but I don't have a Mallory. You know, well, start thinking, start looking for your Mallory, yeah. you know, start looking for your administrative position. I, I, I run a tile money university where we do weekly coaching calls. One of our members, um, I think his, I wish I could say for certainty, but I think it was his second or maybe his first or it was, it was his first, second or third employee. He hired an admin, you know, an <laughs> office administrator, just like you're describing. He says it's going phenomenally just after a couple of weeks. And it was a big leap of faith because for a contractor to do that without really being into big money yet, without really being into big personnel to kind of have somebody in the office part or full time, 
it's a leap of faith, you know, to to think that now you're going to have another check to write every single week. And yet that person's not installing tile. And yet here you've heard it from Mallory. You've heard it from me. You've heard it from my uh, member, one of the members of the university. It works. It really works. And I'm not saying, you know, go out and, you know, definitely count your numbers and make a plan. But it should be in your business plan, in my opinion. Well, and, and there are people like me. So like when I consult, I, I kind of function as a fractional as chief operating officer for companies. So, you know, people will hire me and I'll, I'll interview for their employees for them. I'll set up their hiring processes. I'll give them those policies and procedures that they need and help with. I have all that as well. So there are people like me that's maybe a little different than you because you're doing like coaching, right? Where I'm doing like the actual physical work that maybe they can't tackle themselves. So if you can't, hire someone to do that. There's always people out there that you can outsource to until you're able to pull it in house. And I'll say I've hired, I've hired people before that didn't work out, hired an intern, you know, he did great, but at the end of the day, I probably should have hired a, um, another tile installer. And when he was ready to go back to school, I was like, that's great. But there's nothing that says if you hire someone and you've overhired or you've scaled too quickly that you can't pull back. I know that sucks. Like you don't want to have to fire anyone, but if it's going to tank your business, you have to fire someone, but don't, don't be afraid to like take that leap of faith because the majority of the time, if you've got your business plan and you've gone through everything and you can see how they can make your business money or help alleviate things off your plate, it'll, it'll usually work out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, it's, you know, that saying, right? When, when does the magic happen? When you get uncomfortable, well, you've got to get uncomfortable. And sometimes it is like, I've, I've paid payroll. You know, we, we, we have a number in our bank account that I think is zero. So when I see it, I'm like, oh, we've spent too much. Well, you know, when you first start hiring and they're not producing the amount of revenue that you need, it can get a little scary. And, but you're not, you're not going to see that growth unless you do get a little uncomfortable. I'm not saying bankrupt yourself, but you know, just feel, don't, don't be afraid to invest in your business. That's a, that's a great, that's a great tip. Have a false bottom, mm -hmm. have a false zero, you know? Um, yeah. that's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it's one of those things, hire, hire slow, fire fast, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's hard. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head. That can be very emotional. Uh, tile guys are nice, nice people. I mean, some of the nicest people in the world, right? And it, business owners, you know, it, it's difficult and, and there's, there might be repercussions, you know, there might be questions on what, what does it mean letting somebody go? You know, you definitely need to consider all that. But I've also seen contractors, business owners who, because of their emotions, they keep it the wrong employee for many, many years. And it's like, that's not doing you any good. My wife, my wife, uh, she's been having neck trouble. She got rear-ended about a year ago she had to switch doctors because not because of the doctor, but the, the personnel, the staff, they, they, they refused to communicate. They were rude. They, you know, miss scheduling things and just dropping the ball left and right. And she wasn't able to really talk to the doctor. They, you know, she wasn't able to really move forward. So she switched new doctor, new staff, everything's better, you know, and it, your people that you hire can, can really hurt your business in the long run. For sure. So that's smart. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to like remove the emotion from it. Right. But it, it's um, owning a company that's that's not an emotional thing. It is it is it's a means to make money and it's a means to employ people. And you have you have to remove the emotion out of it in order for you to make the decisions that are hard 
or, you know, that, and we've had, we've all been there. We've had to make hard decisions. And I like, I think I've seen, I know, like, I know I've seen people struggle with that in the past and even me and I, and I'm, I tend to not be that emotional. So maybe it's easier for me, <laughs> but um, I know that that can be, you know, a hindrance, especially like you guys, when you're working together and you're working with your helper, who's maybe just not getting it or not pulling their weight and you build that relationship with them. You work side by side. I can see how sometimes it's hard to let that person go. Um, I've done things in the past where I hired someone and I could just see that in my other business that I could see that they just weren't the right fit for my company. And so what I did was I laid them off or suspiring them. And so I told them why. And that way that when they went to go to another company, they didn't have to say that they were fired. They could just say that the position was eliminated or laid, laid off or whatever. And that's been a way to like, you know, mitigate that if, if it is, you know, letting go someone that you really do like, or you appreciate, um, that's one way you can kind of soften the blow, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure. Well, help, help them find a new position too. That, that yeah. might help. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. Um, what other industries, what other businesses have you had and how did that help you with this one? So I owned, um, I owned an insurance agency in San Diego. Um, it was a franchise and I was so kind of like contractors, right? I was a salesperson for an insurance agency and I was really, really good at sales. And then I became a COO of a company and then I ended up buying that company, all the same franchises. And when I first started, I had absolutely nothing, no idea what I was doing because I was a salesperson who got thrown into owning a business. I was really bad manager. I probably was, I probably was really bad at it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I turned over a lot of employees if I'm honest. Okay. Um, and it took a little bit of growing up. I was very young. I was 27 when I bought that company. Um, but when I got into it and I started saying, I don't sell insurance, I own an insurance company. And I started diving into the processes and our hiring processes and making sure all of, you know, making sure all of our sales talk and everything was, it, you know, all, all the same, right? They had talk pass, all that. I had to create all that. Well, it's just like what we have to do in tile, right? A lot of contractors do the same thing. They're good at construction. They're good at what they do and they go and open a business. Well, you have to make sure you have all of those policies, all those procedures, all of that in place. Um, so I think like owning a construction company is very parallel to a lot of other industries out there um, because you're just running a business. You have to stop looking at yourself as like a tile installer, or a tile setter, and some instead you're someone that owns a tile installation company. <laughs> See the difference? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it puts a whole nother feel on it and really changes your mindset and um, can help with that, you know, that feeling of, you know, it's all about the art, which, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But at the end of the day, to scale a business, it's all about the business owner. It's all about the, the person behind the desk, you know, in, in reality. So for those of you listening who want to scale, you know, take Mallory's advice, take my advice and, and get out of your own head, you know, and, and take on that new, um, that new role, you know, that new per that new, uh, um, that new job title, you know, as business owner, you know, and it's, 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 it's just a way to view yourself. And when you pay yourself, you know, think my business is paying me this, you know, mm -hmm. your business needs to have its own account, you know, all these little things. What other tips can you give us? I mean, you've been in the tile money group now a, a few months. What do you see people doing that you think you could really uh, shed some light on or help with the most? I, I think like 
with with us, what really helped turn the corner was being very dialed in on our cost and then not being afraid to charge people. Um, we're not the most expensive, but we're not the least expensive. Um, when we first started, I felt like we were kind of afraid to charge people enough and I could see that our profitability was lower. Um, and we've really increased our pricing because I want to make sure there's enough margins. Now we're not gouging anyone, but the biggest thing for us that's really helped us scale and grow is keeping a pulse on that profitability at all times. And most of the times when I talk to tile installation companies or even just any contractor, to be honest with you, they don't have any idea what the profitability margin is on a job. I literally can tell you all six jobs we're doing right now, what it is. Cause I use no fine. It tells me now, could I do that without that? No, like you have to have that technology in place in order to keep a pulse on it. And then you can kind of see, right? I have employees that take, more time than and have other employees that take less time to do installation. So I know where to put my slower guys on a more like I can see that the profitability is going to be more on this one job. Well, maybe I put them on there because I have more more room um, and it helps you figure out who needs to go where. I have one guy that's really great at backsplashes and he bangs them out. Well, I'm, our profitability on those are amazing. I'm like, I wish we could just do, you know, 30 of those a month. <laughs> so um, we've we've that's been a really big game changer for us as far as making money. And I'll say the first year uh, we were lucky enough to have capital to where we didn't need to pay ourselves as much, but we really didn't pay ourselves very much. I mean, I, I want to say we paid household bills and then that was it. So it is nice to have a little nest egg and, you know, getting a line of credit just for a, you know, just in case is always really great. If you don't have the capital, I did that when I had my other business, we didn't have a lot of capital. You have to write a business plan out, say what you're going to use it for. But then you, once they give it to you, you don't have to actually use it for that. So I don't know if the banks would love to hear that, but it's nice to be able to have that little safety net. And, and that, that was good because we were able to hire and scale a little bit without having to worry about paying ourselves. Now we pay ourselves, you know, what we want to be paying ourselves. And sometimes, you know, every month's different and we might pay ourselves more or whatever, but we have a base on what has to be paid to us. So that's as important to me as in paying my employees because I'm, I own the company, but I'm an employee of the company. I have a salary and my salary is just as important as my installer salaries. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, and for those of you men listening and, and your wife's at home doing what Mallory's doing, if she's not on a, a healthy, respectable salary, you know, uh, fix that ASAP because it's, that's hurting your business. I mean, that's hurting your marriage probably, you know, you've got to understand that it's a team effort. It's a team effort. And like Mallory just said, I mean, everybody's got to get paid. Somebody's putting work in it. And yeah, I understand, like you said, and I agree first couple of years, owners take a hit. You know, I remember writing checks for my installers when my baby was born, I wanted to be home more. So I wrote checks for my installers bigger than I was making, but guess what? I had time with my baby. You know, I had that time, which is the most valuable thing you could ever get. Anyway, that's why we're working is for, you know, for time really. And so there are sacrifices business owners make at the beginning, but at the end of, end of the day, if you, if you consider yourself a mature business, you know, pay people, you know, pay yourself well, pay your people well. And, you know, by all means, pay your wife well if she's working with you for sure. Well, and if you do like work with your partners, um, you know, Chad and I have very defined roles, like my title is CEO, and we know exactly what I do on a daily basis. I make sure accounting's all done. I make sure marketing's taken care of. I do all our measure outs. 
I um, keep our social media up to because it can be complex and they're maybe not the best person for it. And if you are going to work with your spouse, we have we have an office. I'm in my office right now. We we do all our work upstairs. And then when work's done, we close the door and we don't talk about it because I think we would probably kill each other <laughs> if we did it, you know, do it that way. You have to set some boundaries. And I know that some, you know, I've seen that with a lot of contractors is they do pull in their spouse for things. I just have run companies long enough to where it's it's easy for Chad and I have to have that very defined role. Um, and so it's it's been fun. I mean, it's it's not always great, right? You're getting the highlight reel. Sometimes it sucks. Like there's times where I'm we're both just like, we don't want to own a company anymore. And but you know what? Everyone, everyone feels that way. And then when we were able to go to San Diego two months ago and spend money and see it would be with the kids and have a great time, it was like, okay, that's all worth it in the end, right? Um, and so it's not it's not always great. You're gonna deal with things that are you know, hard and cumbersome at times, but at the end of the day, it's always worth it. It is. And there's nothing I'd rather be than a business owner. I don't think that I could ever work for anyone else. I, I love being able to be in control of my legacy and my destiny. And there's so much money to be made in this industry just by being better, being better than your competitor, not about pricing, nothing. We are better. We show up on time. We are clean. We're tidy. We do dust control. We do everything different. So that way I know at the end of the day, my jobs are done the way that they're supposed to be. And we've built a reputation around that just by being a little bit better. I like that. I like that a lot. And better, you know, again, better doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, we all do good work. I mean, that should be the starting line, you know, mm -hmm. produce good things, you know, produce quality. That's the starting, that's the starting line. That's not the finish line. Be better by doing, you know, answer the phone, you know, be on time, be clean, you know, do all these things that consumers who are paying their good, you know, using their good money, their hard earned money, they want all these little things that mean so much to them. Well, um, I wanted to ask you now, what's your vision? Where are you going with this? You know, so if you would have asked me three years, I, so I sold my, my other company in 2019 and I took some time off and I was, I was really at a crossroads and I was like, I want to do something different and something fun. And we moved to Knoxville two years ago and we decided to open this tile insulation company. So if you would have asked me three years ago, if I'd be doing this, I would have laughed at you, but I really fell in love with it because it's such a creative, exciting thing that we do. Like I'll go to the, you know, the tile shop or floor and decor and I'll help my clients pick out tile and, and we'll come, we'll create this vision together. And then they get like, when it, when it's done, they're so excited that you're there. It's not like you're a plumber and you're fixing a dirty problem, right? You're getting to install tile and make this beautiful like art piece in their home. And that's really exciting to me at the end of the day. I would love, like, we really want to get to a point to where our company just runs itself. We have sites on opening another location in Pensacola, Florida. That's where I'm from. We went and visited in July and I was like, I miss this. <laughs> we, we really want to be able to be bi-coastal if we can. And, and so we can't do that without the right team in place. And I think we're getting there. Um, but that's kind of our goal. I really want to scale and make as much money as possible. Um, and then I really do like helping people scale and grow their businesses. Like it's, it's exciting for me to have, to see that light bulb go off when I talk to someone and they're like, oh, I see it now. I see why putting these little processes in place that it's going to, maybe it costs me time and it costs me a little money now, but I can see my ROI later on. Right. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we're at now. And it's exciting. I, I think when you get into the 
you know, the hard parts or, you know, the, the part of your business that isn't fun, just like always stay in that mindset of you're creating something really amazing. And they're so excited for you to be there. Like, mm. I love, I love doing a walkthrough as a client. They're just so happy. And they like, especially, I don't know what it is about the women, but they're like, oh, this is my dream bathroom. This is what I've always wanted. I'm like, how fun is that? Look at it in that, like that mindset. And it'll kind of change. It'll change your mindset when you've got bad days or, you know, your cuts aren't working or something breaks or you don't have enough tile or it's not in in time. Like that, that's the part that's not fun. But at the end of it, when you've got this masterpiece you've created, I think that's, I think it's really cool. I agree. I agree. When I started working for people who were, um, so enthused, you know, uh, maybe they'd been saving for a long time. I, I remember some of my early clients, and, you know, one of them said, oh, it's, it reminds me of a spa. You know, I just want to be in here. It's a, it's my spa bathroom. And, you know, to me, it was just another bathroom that was, was updated, you know. And then the next one, I remember they had been w really hard workers, uh, really. Uh, he was an entrepreneur. They owned businesses. They owned the same house. You know, it had the same carpet the day they bought it for 30 years. It had the same bathrooms, all this stuff. But he had a life changing experience. He almost lost his life due to cancer. Um, and he credits cannabis to actually curing the cancer. But the point is, is at the end of that, uh, he lived and he was so happy to live him and his wife said, let's spend our, let's spend some money. And so they started spending money. They had, uh, you know, some of the nicest tile you could buy some of the nicest plumbing fixtures, nicest cabinetry. And they were just so over the moon. It, they built their dream bathroom. And then I came back later to build their, their second one and help with that project and some other projects at the, at the house. And they just, the joy, the joy that some of my clients started experiencing really inspired me. And then I was able to kind of, it just kind of kept rolling over from client to client, you know, just because I was happy and I, I kind of started to understand, oh, you know, it's, it's more than the tile. It's, this is their dream. Like you said, you know, this is mm -hmm. part of their vision for their house. And it's a huge investment too, right? Yes, <laughs> so yes, they're spending yes, a yes. lot of money with you. Um, we, and you know, we've, we've had or like prospects where I've done measure outs and I've talked to them and I can just tell that they're not going to be the easiest clients. And I just maybe don't take them on as a client. Like you, it's okay to be a little picky. It's, it's fine. It's fine to only want clients that are like that, right. That are want you to be there and that are excited about the process. If you're not, if you're not like that, I don't know if I necessarily want to work with you and maybe you can't be that picky in the beginning, but we definitely are now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. I want to thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule, Mallory, and sharing your knowledge with my audience. I know they're going to appreciate it. Where can people find you? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? What are you, where are you at? Yeah, I actually use LinkedIn a lot. So if you just search Mallory Lee, I'm on there. Um, our website is knoxtileinstallation.com. Um, you can, my email's on there as well. I am on Facebook. It's Mallory Lee. Um, and yeah, so that's, but I, I do, I, I, I joke with this. Contractors need to be on LinkedIn more. There's, there's a little bit of a community of us. And there's, if you want to know about running a business where there's a lot of us on there that, um, that run our companies, you know, and, I connect with a lot of them on there and there's a lot of information there too. So, yeah. Nice. I go through spurts. I'm on there and then I'm <laughs> off there for a few weeks and then I'm on there, but I agree. It's, it's the professional networking space and LinkedIn's really, uh, well, first of all, they did a fantastic job years ago, just getting everybody on the platform. I mean, like everybody, <laughs> whether you wanted to be on there or not, like they were going to make sure you're on there. So everybody's literally on there. 
And then it, it just seems to be more professionally, uh, more professional conversations happening. Are there groups and stuff? Like what, what are your top three favorite things about LinkedIn? Is there groups on there like Facebook well, or? I think it's really easy to find other like contractors that are business owners. So if you're search, if you want like advice, like I connected with a guy in Chattanooga who owns a construction company and we've, we've talked a little bit. So if you want to be on someone that runs their business, like a business, they're probably on LinkedIn versus Facebook. I mean, I'm on Facebook too, but that may, you can find people that are like-minded or maybe you need a mentor or you need someone that's, you know, can, be like you want to be similar to their the way they run their business. I think you'll find them on LinkedIn. There's definitely some groups. Um, I'm in a couple of women's contractors groups because um, you know there's not a lot of us. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I definitely used it for that. And um, you can find a lot of people that um, can help you support your business. If it's something you can't do yourself, you can connect with people locally or what have you. Um, I I enjoy using it. Yeah. Nice. Well, again, appreciate your time and hope you have an enjoyable uh, rest of your week, Mallory. Thanks, you too. All right, Tile Friends. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mallory. It was really a great discussion. I really enjoyed, uh, she had so many good quotes, but one of them I really enjoyed was, I had to stop putting my bias on it. And, and so often when we put our bias on something, whether that be employees or the price we think we can charge or any sort of discussion we're having online, on or offline really, and we put our bias on it, that's really damaging to our mental growth. And it really limits how far we can really grow as a person and a business owner. So I wanna encourage you as Mallory did to not put your bias on things and to understand there might be a better way. All right, Tile Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. Go over to iTunes or Facebook or Spotify and leave us an honest review. We really appreciate it. It helps us be found more and uh, it helps us all to strengthen the industry. It's a community effort. All right, Tile Friends, we'll talk to you next week.